Welcome to Agent Unstuck Calls, where we talk to real estate agents who are experiencing a challenge in their real estate career and they're looking for an alternative solution. Hi, I'm your host, Mike Cerrone with MastermindAgent.com, and I'm excited about this episode, so let's go ahead and jump right in. What challenge with your practice are you experiencing that you would like us to work through? Well, just to uh, start with the basics, I guess, um, there is a shortage in Nebraska, in Omaha specifically, of less than a third of the volume of houses that we would normally have this time of year. And I've heard you, I'm sure you've heard that all over the country. Nothing new about Omaha. The other thing is prices are going extremely high in respect of, should we say, affordable housing is disappearing uh, in respect. Now, we're behind Denver. Like I said, we have family in Denver, live in several um, suburbs. So we do hear about what's happening in Denver, but bring it around on Nebraska again. We're used to prices uh, in the range of, so we say 150 to 250 would be a comfortable starter home for someone. Now we're looking at 250 to 300,000. We've had a, a good 20, 25% increase year from last year to this year. Um, and that puts a lot of people out of, should we say the price of being able to buy a house today. And the other thing is competition is extremely strong. We have, I just recently was bidding on a house. We had 26 offers. Hmm. It sold for 50,000 plus over the asking price and the seller's closing costs were paid by the buyer, some of it. So it's just, uh, it's a very competitive, very uh, difficult um, market. Now, I, like I said, I've been doing this long enough to see some of the ups and downs <laughs> So I can tell you, I've seen some of this before, but not to this extreme. Um, kind of reminds me of California and their extreme pricings. But um, I guess the biggest complaint or anything that someone would look at is how do we get more customers? How do we get customers to not be afraid of selling? Because a lot of them I've talked to, you know, they'd love to buy or sell a house but they're afraid to do anything because they don't think there'll be replacement houses for the sellers and they don't think they can find a good quality house that they can afford for those buyers. So it's just a, a fear issue that's prevalent in our area. No doubt. And as you mentioned, that's happening everywhere, all across the country, uh, all across <laughs> the world. I've heard it all uh, <laughs> up in Canada now. I've been talking to those folks. Australia, I've talked to them. It's happening all over the place. Uh, it's the loose money. It's coming out of this uh, pandemic. It's all these things that have come together to cause this weird environment. And I think you nailed one of the interesting challenges that we're having. That it's becoming a self-fulfilling prophecy. And that is that the people who are living in a home now are afraid to put it on the market because right. they don't see a place to go. And what that does is that eliminates properties being on the market, which creates an even tighter market, right? It's this self-fulfilling downward spiral. Uh, if everybody's going to stay put, not move, then nothing's going to happen. Uh, it is a challenge. And what is the answer? What, you know, what are you going to do about it? Well, you've got this longevity, uh, Charlie, which I'd really like to tap into and the first thing I'd like to ask of you is you've seen these tight markets before, maybe not at this level. And the question is, what did you do in those other tight markets to solve these kind of problems? Very good question. Memories are not as strong as they used to when you're younger, right? Um, I think the best answer I can have is 
try to keep looking at my sphere of influence and keep raising the bar of people that you know who trust you, who continuously want to work with you when they're ready. And um, I do have a pretty strong sphere of influence selling for this many years. However, like anything else, if they're not ready, you can't force them to buy or sell. And uh, it's uh, a continuous effort to build that, should we say, that, uh, that group of potential buyers. I keep a list in front of me almost every single day and keep looking at that list and say, okay, who's, who's my next contact? And keep, keep making phone calls, keep reaching out. Um, it's, a, it's a process, as you probably know, too. Um, how long have you been in the business, can I ask? So 27 years I've had my license, and, right. but I haven't been active for the last 10. So it's okay. a good question. And I, so I haven't been in the, in the trenches for a while, but we went through some crazy markets. I remember representing a buyer and I was the 74th offer. You know, so I understand mm. it's been crazy in the past. Not, this level is definitely more intensified. Let's go down the solution path, though. Let me just ask a quick question, Charlie. How big is your PCSOI? How many people do you have in your past client sphere of influence database? I think I've got in the neighborhood of 350 that have past clients that I keep track of. I send them information. I try to keep reaching out to them by phone call or something on a regular basis. Though, like anything else, you get busy and sometimes you wish you did better on the uh, reaching out thing. But I, I guess no matter if you have 10 or 350 or 500, you have to be diligent on that list. And that's I'm working on. Yeah, let's work through a couple things here. Uh, again, thank you I, 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 for playing with me here. What is your, uh, a couple quick things people want to know where you're at. And I'm going to come to solutions. I got a couple ideas percolating in my head. That's why I'm asking some other things. Uh, the uh, what is your goal for units this year, uh, either in units or GCI? What's your goal? I had a real strong uh, first quarter, and second quarter has kind of softened down a little bit. But I will say overall, I try to do between 30 and 40 units every year. And I guess I'm a little short that by a month-to-month -month plan, but it's still a question of, keep reaching out and keep talking and figure out how to find somebody who's going to make a decision. And again, if you can overcome their fear, uh, I have one organization that told me that it's done in certain parts of the country where you can write up an offer for a seller saying, if he cannot find suitable housing, he can cancel the contract on his house. And I see that as a potential way to solve the seller's fear, uh, the you cancellation issue. That's where I was going, Charlie. So let's, let's break that down a minute. We're in a, you, we will all agree that we are in a super, super hot seller's market. The power no position is the seller. The seller has all the power, holds all the cards. Will we all agree? Agree. No agree. doubt. And the buyer today has almost no power. They're, they're just the number because there's so many of them. As you just mentioned, I think 26 offers, you know, they're just a number to the seller. In fact, it's frustration 
to be the listing agent having 26 offers coming in. If you're a buyer agent listening out there, you don't realize it's tough on listing agents too, because you got to negotiate through those. But forget that for a minute. The power position is the seller. And mm -hmm. so what you can do is you can negotiate anything you want into that deal now on the sell side. Now, by the way, if we're in a dead market, it's the opposite, right? The buyer can negotiate whatever they want into the deal. But we're now in the seller's market. So the seller has the power of negotiation. So you want to use that. You mentioned your, your sphere, your past clients and sphere of influence. They have this challenge. They, they're out there. They're talking to their friends. They're reading the newspaper. They're watching the TV. They know this market's tight. And they're worried that if they sell, they won't be able to buy. So we've got to move across fire, either moving up, move across or moving down. They don't want to put their home on the market because they can't, they don't know if they can find anything to buy. And so what you need to do is you need to reassure them, not just with your words, but with the contract. And you were starting to get into that. So in the old days, the way we'd handle this is the same way you would do it today is you make a contingent sell. You make mm -hmm. the sell of the home contingent on X. And you need to have your broker and your attorney write it up, but I'll give you the idea and then you can formalize it, make sure it works. But here's the idea. You make this contingent, the sell of the home is contingent upon the seller finding an acceptable replacement property, getting it under contract and closing on it simultaneously with this offer. In a regular market, no buyer would take that. In a, in a buyer's market, no buyer would ever take that. But in right. a seller's market, they'll take it all day long because they want to win. Believe me, out of 26, you're going to find a full price offer with great financing and the willingness to take these kind of offers. So this negotiation. So now your seller is completely protected and you can open a window of say 30, 45, 60 days, whatever you think it's going to take in your market for them to now go out and march and find that next property, that replacement property. And if they're unable to do that, they can either unwind the transaction or do an extension to get it out even further. Now, notice if you do this, there's a couple things that a lot of protections that I used to put in for my seller. You want to think, how can you protect that person? One, the contingency that if they don't find another replacement property in their sole discretion, their decision of whether it's acceptable or not, if they don't find it by X date, this contract terminates. However, you need to write that in your language if that's the idea. Then you go to the second level. They have to get it under contract by X date. And then they have to close by X date. If those things don't happen, the, this original contract on the sell of their home terminates. And that way, again, they're completely protected because you don't want your seller to end up homeless. They will exactly. be really yeah. pissed. And they're mm -hmm. going to come after you with that anger and make uh, ruin your reputation, maybe sue you. So you need to make sure you're protecting them. In the old days, when I was out there selling, I used to believe I had a shield in one hand and a sword in the other. And my <laughs> client was at my back and I was protecting them against everything else that was out there. Right. And that's right. the way you got to picture this. How can I make this a win for them? Well, if they see that you have these kinds of things set up, they are now more comfortable with moving forward, which, by the way, will solve the bigger problem we just mentioned at the beginning, which is nobody wants to put their home on the market because they got nowhere to go. They're worried they won't have a place to end up and they'll be living in a motel. All right. Let me ask you a question on this. Sure. I'm the broker of the company. Right. I own the company. Yep. I'm responsible for all the sales. Good. So the question is, you mentioned the broker for wording 
or possibly an attorney. Yeah. Um, I know we're not supposed to practice law, so we have to be very exactly. careful in the line that we use. Um, do you have something that you have used successfully that you can email me or anything like that? Or it's a great is there something question, out Charlie. And the answer is no. <laughs> because Fair of enough. what you've just said, that these yeah. are legal documents and legal documents are per state. So the thing that I had worked in Colorado, but you're in Nebraska and the other people right. listening to us are all over this place. Even someone who came to me in Colorado, I wouldn't share it for multiple reasons. Number one, it's old. I had it back there. I was using it uh, X number of years ago. And you need something that's fresh and new to make sure you're protecting your client. And you have to really get an attorney to review this thing, right? When I say broker or attorney, I assume the brokers already has their attorney and they're chatting with them. If you're a small shop and you don't have an attorney, find the best real estate attorney around that does this kind of thing, residential real estate, and ask them for a couple hours of their time. Spent, believe me, think about it, Charlie, you spend 500, 1,000, even a couple thousand dollars with them, but you get this thing set up what kind of confidence is that going to create in your sellers now that they can go out there and make this a win? Now, let me give you a couple more pieces to help you because it's the way my mind thinks. I told you about, first of all, you write this in your listing agreement that you're going to protect them with this kind of stuff. Next, Absolutely. you write it into the contract when you negotiate the sale of their home with the buyer. And you're going to write a similar uh, sister clause into the contract on the purchase, okay? Right. And so when you go to buy, you have to have a clause in there that protects your seller, your person moving in, saying, hey, right. this is all contingent on me selling my home back here. And they, I've got a buyer, they're in place, here's their great financing and everything. But uh, I need that protection, both ends. Now, the seller on the other end may or may not accept that. But let's think about this. If your seller is moving up, as an example, and you are selling a home in the middle of the market, but they're buying a home that's above average price, mm -hmm. that market is probably not as hot and as fast as the middle of the market. You're going to have a little more flexibility over there. Maybe you do, maybe you don't, but in my experience, you do. And so you may be able to sneak that clause in. If you can't, now it's time to talk to your client and say, okay, you're protected on the sale. You're never going to end up homeless, but you, you, if this deal falls apart on the sale, you might have to go through on the buy side. So let's work that out with your earnest money and try to reduce your risk and try to make this thing work, right? You just go back through to traditional negotiation. Does that make sense? That makes wonderful sense. Yes, absolutely. Cool. cool. Well, Charlie, I, I recommend that now that you have this concept, you write out what we've just talked about. You put right. it down on paper to the best of your understanding. And then you go out and you hire either an attorney you already have or somebody that's in this line of work. And again, I caution you from using a regular attorney who does your estate planning, wills, accounting, whatever they're doing, business stuff, and go find someone who specializes in real estate contracts. Maybe the person who was part of writing up your state contracts, if, if your state has the, the contracts written by the state, Ours does with the Colorado, uh, the Real Estate Commission. Right, um, but each state is different in how they handle that. Maybe it's through MLSs. Depends on the state. Sometimes they do it through the MLS. Sometimes they do it through the state. Uh, however yours is, try to find out who wrote those contracts because they're going to have the great working relationship and understanding of your contract, which means 
they'll charge a higher rate, but they're going to go through it so much faster that the overall bill is probably going to be a lot lower. They may even have something already created and they just give it to you, you know, now for a fee, but you know, they just, boom, here, here's what we use or what we recommend. That's a wonderful idea. Yeah, that's makes sense. I was trying to do it myself and it isn't working. So I think <laughs> it's the tough. real estate attorney is the, the key to all this. But that's now, what they do. Right. Yeah. And here's the other beauty is your liability, Charlie. If something goes wrong, you can say, yeah, but I had Sarah Jones or Jack Smith or whoever this attorney was right up. They're supposed to be the genius. I'm just sitting here trying to make everything work for my client. Logical sense. Yeah. Right. I appreciate that. Now, do you ever advertise? Do you ever advertise like on Internet or um, let's say Facebook or Twitter or something? This kind of concept where. I will sell your house and guarantee you won't lose it and so forth. Have you ever tried that? Is that something that you recommend? Well, first of all, I would never say guarantees are really, you got to be careful with a guarantee, right? Unless you have the assets, liquid assets to actually go and do whatever you're saying you're going to do, buy someone's house or clean up a deal or whatever. So you want to be careful with the wordings that you use. Um, Let me recommend this in your situation, Charlie, you have a phenomenal database, right? 350 or so past clients of sphere of influence, right? You know, and you've already been doing it, that if you work that you're getting your 30, 40 closings a year. And I'll tell you, if you work it even harder, because I've been listening to you, if you work it harder with a better system, you probably can double that if that's your ambition. Uh, That's a great database. I would go work those people. And there's a couple reasons. One, you have a better trust with them. They're going to understand. They're going to, oh, Charlie's going to take care of me. Now I understand. I feel comfortable. I'm going to move forward. Right. Uh, Number two, you can experiment with your language on how to present this thing, right? Mm. Because you're going to bumble it the first couple of times because you kind of got the concept, but you're not familiar. You're also going to get the feedback from the client. They're going to say, hey, but what about this? What about that? You're like, oh, I didn't think of that. Okay. Or here's the answer. Now you've created all the information you need that if you do decide you want to go out and present this concept to a wider audience, you can. You know what all the, the problems and challenges are. Do this a couple times, right? Get it under your belt. Now you're the expert and you can promote, hey, I can, I can make sure that, yeah, I, I, I'm going to watch my language here, but you're going to say that you're going to be able to help this person, protect this person if they want to sell their home and not lose it, right? You want to list out the fears. That's their fear. They're, the fear is of the loss of the house or the yes. homelessness. Right. No home. Uh, or the other fear they have is ending up with two homes because something went wrong. So you want to just walk through all those scenarios. That's why I put the protection on the buy side too, because if mm-hmm. I put the protection on the buy side, they're not going to end up with two mortgage payments. And that's a big fear too, no doubt you right. <laughs> who on who on our call wants to have two mortgage payments? I mean, <laughs> nobody. Yeah. Nobody. Exactly. Nobody right. does. I mean, maybe somebody's super wealthy, but most people don't. That's scary. Um, so good. Did that help, Charlie? It really has. Thank you. I appreciate all that information. And it's opened my eyes to different options here, especially the attorney issue. Um, I agree. And I do want to keep working my sphere because, you know, between that and past customers. They're the, your bread and butter. You got to keep working them. Absolutely, yeah, that is definitely it. Well, let's uh, let's do this. I like to give everybody an assignment, so I'm going to give you an assignment to do. Do you have something to write with? Um, absolutely, go ahead. Okay, your assignment is pretty easy. 
I want you to map out, I want you to map out all the items that you want to include in this protection clause on the sell. And I want you to do the same thing on the buy. Now, I'm not saying write it up as the attorney, although you could try to start mapping it out if you have that kind of mind. But I want you to write up all the things that you could think of that would protect your seller and then write up all the things that you think of that would protect your buy, uh, your, your same client who's turning around and becoming a buyer so that this move across transaction works and your client has the out. They have an out. If anything goes wrong, they can get terminate the agreements. That's the word we always use around here. Whatever you use in your state, end the agreement, terminate the agreement. They get their earnest money back. The other party gets their earnest money back. Everybody's out. Everybody goes back to zero and yes. you know, that kind of, everybody's protected. I want you to write up the items, kind of bullet point what you want in the sell side and bullet point what you want in the buy side. You're going to need that kind of information when you walk in to talk to the attorney anyway, because they're going to say, well, what are you trying to do? And give me some ideas. And, and how do you see this working? And now you got it all mapped out. That's going to speed up the time with the attorney as well and reduce the fee. Agreed. Okay. That's an excellent idea. So that's your assignment. And I want you to tell me when could you get that done by? <laughs> Very good. Um, maybe Tuesday or Wednesday next week. I can't do much this weekend. It's kind of a busy weekend. It's not already. a problem. You pick the day and the time based on your schedule. That's why you pick. You pick the day and you pick a time, but I need a day and a time. A day and time. Mm hmm. How about Wednesday the 16th? Wednesday the 16th. Great. At what time? 12 noon on the 16th. 12 noon. Cool. Yeah. So you're going to get time. your assignment done by 12 noon on the 16th. And yeah. you're going to send me an email just letting me know you got it done. I would Don't do that. send me the clause because I'm not your attorney. I can't review it. <laughs> but do send me confirmation that you got it done. Okay. I can send out an email to you. Excellent. Um, and let me know that you got that done. That's your assignment. And I'm Great. excited to, to hear that you get that done and moving forward. This is going to give you the confidence once you have that in place to go and talk to your, your clients, your, your past clients and say, look, I understand that you're scared of this and you need to bring it up. Bring it up before they do. It's in their head. Say, you know, a lot of people are scared to sell right now because there's nowhere to go. Right. I've got a solution for this, and I'd love to share it with you. When's a good time that we can talk? Right? Now you just have a listing appointment. Yep, yep absolutely. <laughs> I agree. If they say, well, I don't know, say, well, has anybody else offered you a solution to this problem? I've got it all figured out. I want to show you what I got, and we, so we can sit down and talk about it. And that way, if you want to, you can move from A to B, and I can help you do it. All right. Yeah. Sounds like a wonderful thought. Yeah. Sounds the main like thing is getting more appointments. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> to, yeah. It's getting yeah. the confidence in that seller's mind and the, the homeowner's mind that they're not going to lose out. I agree. Yeah. Well, thank you. Okay. And again, I'll get that. I'll get you an email by the 16th. That sounds awesome. Well, Charlie, this has been a lot of fun. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for inviting me. This was wonderful. I'm glad to talk to you. <laughs> it was fun. All right. Good luck in Thank you. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye.
Well, that's it for Agent Unstuck Calls. It was a lot of fun today. If you liked what you heard, go ahead and click that like button. And if you want to hear more calls like this, go ahead and subscribe to the channel and hit that notification bell so you know exactly when the next episode is coming out. And if you have any thoughts about what you heard today and you'd like to relay that to everyone else, go ahead and put that down in the comments section so people can talk about it. And finally, if you're stuck in your real estate career, you're a veteran who's having some challenges and you can't figure out how to get to that next step, go ahead and schedule yourself an unstuck call. Just go to agentunstuckcall.com. That's agentunstuckcall.com. And let's get you scheduled in. You'll go in there, you'll fill out a quick survey, you'll find a time that works for you, and we'll get on a call just like this and see if we can't get you some answers. All right, this has been a lot of fun. I'm your host, Mike Cerrone with Mastermind Agent. And again, thank you for joining us on Agent Unstuck Calls. Take care.